Finn, and this is C. Beth Run. In this week's episode, I talk about staffing my campaign, launching on social media, and being invited to Harrisburg as an organizer of the Women's March on Philadelphia. I also talk about not agreeing 100% with elected officials we usually support, the emotion of putting myself out there as a candidate, and solidifying my message. Here we go with week six. Uh, I'm Beth Finn, and I'm running for Philadelphia City Council at large. Today is July 15th, 2018. It's around 9.45 p.m. here in Philadelphia. And um, it's been a very emotional week. And uh, yeah, a lot of uh, mostly good, but some uh, some sad, uh, mostly I think in my head, but I will talk about that, I'm sure. So uh, first off, I will start with all of my tactical stuff because I think that's um, really important to share with you guys um, and, uh, and with people who might be listening, who might be considering running themselves and helping them understand what they uh, need to do to get this whole campaign thing going. So um, I had a meeting with part of my kitchen cabinet this week and we talked quite a lot about staffing um, for my campaign, which it, we're a little ways away from. You know, my election is still uh, not until next year, and of course, most of the people who I would want to hire are working on campaigns for this year's uh, general election in November, so they wouldn't even be available yet. But it's never too early to start having those conversations and hopefully lock down the people I want, um, you know, for when they are ready to come join me. So we talked a lot about how to staff my campaign, what kind of staff I would need. Obviously, I am going to need a campaign manager, and um, uh, that's something that I've been thinking about, and uh, there's a couple of people that I have in mind to talk to about whether they're interested and available uh, come the end of the year to join my team, and so I'm excited to start talking to them. I I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but one of the things about staffing that's really important to me is uh, is to try and hire women. Uh, if possible, I would like to hire all women to work on my staff. I think that like so many other industries, technology being one of them, the political world has fewer opportunities or women get fewer opportunities than men do um, because it is, it is a very male-dominated field um, that is reflected in the people who are elected right now and also in the people who work for them. And I want to change that. So obviously me running as a woman is um, against what is considered the status quo. And I want to keep breaking down those barriers um, for for women. So so where I can, I I want to hire all women. And if I can hire only women, I think that will make me happy. Um, I would like to give other women opportunities that they may not otherwise get because maybe there's somebody ahead of them in line or something like that. Not that they're less qualified, but just that um, they haven't been given the opportunities. So, so yeah, anyway, uh, we, we talked about how to structure my staff and who those uh, amazing women who could possibly join me are. And so I'm excited to start to talk about them. Um, I have a couple candidates in mind for my potential campaign manager. And, um, and then the other thing we talked about is hiring um, sort of a, a general consultant, direct mail person who um, they're more of an advisor. They're not directly on my staff. Um, but 
uh, you know, this is somebody who will help me get my message out um, and then produce the direct mailing, direct mailings that I'll need to do to reach all of the voters of Philadelphia. Uh, because I, I have certainly mentioned this before, uh, as much as I would like to knock on the doors of one and a half million people, uh, that's not possible. <laughs> so um, it's just there are not enough hours in the day uh, and there are not enough uh, probably miles in my sneakers for me to be able to do that. So, um, so yeah, so one of the things I'll certainly have to do as we get much closer to election day is some sort of direct mailing um, to the voters of Philadelphia to make sure they know who I am, make sure that they're uh, going to go and vote, and um, and 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 you know, and, and get my name out there. Um, so uh, there is a whole world of of uh, consultants who do this sort of thing, and um, you know, it's interesting. It turns out that they uh, they do a lot more than just send your direct mail pieces because. Um, the way that they are compensated usually is based on when you send the mailing they get paid so it is in their best interest to make sure that you have the funds to actually do the mailings and things like that um, so they help with all sorts of things uh, beforehand like fundraising and like um, uh, getting your name out and things like that so um, that seems like a, a pretty good uh, use of my limited campaign dollars though um, because I think you get a lot for what you pay for and um, um, so yeah so that was that was pretty interesting learning about that so uh, so I'm I, I have some research to do over the next few weeks to uh, really understand who all these people are and, and meet with them and figure out um, who's gonna be the best fit for me and my campaign and who's available right I mean it's it's early uh, you know, like I said, they are probably all tied up until November, uh, and then they may, you know, want to take a break because I think it's pretty intense leading up to Election Day for people who work in politics and in campaigns. So, uh, so you know, maybe, uh, it, you know, around the holidays in December uh, or, or January, then they'll be ready to come on to my staff, um, depending on, um, you know, what what works out. So, so... Yeah, so that was uh, one of the big things that I talked about with uh, some of my kitchen cabinet this week. Um, and then, uh, so the other, I think, very exciting thing that happened is I launched uh, my, I, I, I don't know, launched, but I announced my Facebook page for the campaign. Um, it's Beth for PHL, like everything else that I'm doing. Uh, and so I, I, um, I made it public and I, uh, I shared the link on just on my Facebook page, and then uh, and before actually before I could even share it, uh, a number of my friends found it and started sharing it, and um, and uh, so it's been shared many many times now, and uh, and uh, people are starting to like the page and follow it to get campaign updates and uh, you know learn about my platform and and my journey uh, for becoming. Uh, uh, for, for being a candidate and hopefully becoming uh, a city councilor. So, um, uh, yeah, it was really, it was really <laughs> invigorating to see those likes just go up and up and up. I don't know, maybe that says more about my reliance on social media than anything else, but it, um, it's really, I, I've talked before about how humbling and, um, 
heartwarming it is to me that I've been met with such positive responses from people when um, when I tell them that I'm running for city council at large. And this was just another extension of that. So, um, And the fact that some of the people who like my page are people that I don't know is even more exciting. You know, I, I expect my friends to click that like button. But uh, for people beyond my, my circle of friends to click like and want to know what's going on is really... Um, well, it's amazing, and it uh, makes me feel really good. Um, so, yeah, so I'm very appreciative of all those likes. Um, and then the last, uh, I guess, tactical thing, um, and this is not specifically related to my campaign, but uh, focused more on November's election, which I think by now you probably know I'm quite passionate about making sure that we get out the vote in November um, and we elect as many of these Democratic candidates as we can uh, you know, I've met so many of them, and I think that each and every one of them has some really fantastic things to contribute to the state and the country, and um, and our government will be better for having them in it. So, uh, so of course, I went canvassing this weekend. I volunteer for the Democratic Party. Sometimes I go out for candidates directly, but um, but this weekend I was going for the party, and they uh, sent me to some neighborhoods in Fishtown, uh, or in Northern Liberties, and uh, and my friend Alka came with me. Uh, she had pinged me a week or two ago and said, hey, next time you go, I'd like to come with you. And she did, and we had a really good time. Um, we took two packets, and. Uh, so it was 91 doors that we knocked, and we uh, made up a new hashtag. It is not hashtag knock doors for democracy. So spread the word, make a trend, and you should go knock doors for democracy because I really do believe that getting out the vote is the best thing we can do for our democracy right now. Um, uh, you know, and along those lines, by the way, I was very uh, heartened to see how the people of London came out in protest of Trump while he was there this week, that, uh, that they uh, know how much influence uh, and impact his policies can have on the whole world and on our global economy. Um, I mean, it's important, and it's important that the whole world t say what they think. So I really appreciated the people of London standing in solidarity with us here in the United States and saying, you know, we know that, um, well, I like to think they were saying that we, we know not all of you feel the way that your president does. And, um, and we don't. And that's why I'm doing this. And that's why so many of these great other candidates are doing what they're doing. So, um, yeah, all good stuff. Um, so let me see here. Um, Oh, okay. So, uh, I think you guys probably know this. I'm sure I've mentioned it. Um, but one of the things that I have done in this journey of mine from not very involved to now running for office is um, that I was one of the uh, original organizers of the Women's March on Philadelphia. And uh, we've now done it twice. We did it in 2017 in January, and we did it again this year in 2018 in January. And I'm certain that we will do it again in 2019, uh, although we haven't specifically, um, you know, talked and said, yes, we're doing it. I just can't imagine that, um, that we won't. The need and the reasons that we marched are still there, and our work is not done. So, um, but anyway, uh, 
as an organizer of the Women's March on Philadelphia, um, you know, we, we formed a nonprofit called Philly Women Rally. And our mission is to advocate for women's rights and political involvement in the greater Philadelphia area. And um, so a few, uh, I guess a month and a half, two months ago, we, we were invited to Harrisburg um, by three of the um, state reps uh, from Philadelphia. It was uh, by Joanna McClinton and Donna Bullock and Brian Sims. And the three of them invited us to Harrisburg to recognize us on the floor of the house. And when we went, um, the expectation or the, the original thought was that we would be recognized on the floor of the house by the speaker. There was a proclamation that was going to be read and, um, and a resolution passed. And when we got there, we discovered that um, that wasn't going to happen. They still wrote the resolution and, um, and at the end of the day, uh, rep, reps uh, McClinton and Bullock and Sims were uh, given an opportunity to speak on our behalf, but it was very rushed and it was at the last minute when a lot of the state reps had already started to leave the chamber. Um, so at the end of the day, the leadership of the House decided that they couldn't bring it up um, on the f floor of the House as a vote because apparently women's rights are too controversial an issue and they didn't think it would pass unanimously. So they did not want to bring it up at all. And I, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I think we must do the march again in, in 2019 and, um, and why we have to continue to march and fight for equality for women and uh, other marginalized people, people of color, LGBTQ people, um, people who are not Christian, so Jews, Muslims, any other religion, or people who are not religious at all. I think they're marginalized as well. So, um, you, you know, I, I, it's important that we continue to march and fight and advocate for all of these marginalized people's rights. Um, uh, none of us are equal until all of us are equal. I truly believe that. And, um, and I think my cohorts uh, in the Women's March also uh, believe that. That's why we do what we do. Um, anyway, um, the, the representatives from Philadelphia wrote a beautiful proclamation for us. And, and even though it didn't go as we expected it to, we, they did get the opportunity to speak on our behalf on the floor of the house in Harrisburg, and we were we were there for it, and it was really a moving experience. And um, and what happened this week, though, is that the governor actually wrote a proclamation and a letter of recognition um, to commemorate uh, this coming January the two-year anniversary of the first Women's March on Philadelphia. And so I actually got that in the mail. Um, this week and receiving that was so unexpected and such a surprise and the words that he said and the things that he wrote were so um, beautiful and everything that we had hoped it would be in Harrisburg that um, that it couldn't be because of the apparently controversial nature of uh, speaking out for women's rights. Um, but Governor Wolf was able to to write a, a lovely proclamation for us, and um, and uh, it just it really made me very happy. 
And uh, so that's not really specifically related to the campaign, but so much of why I'm running has to do with my work with the Women's March on Philadelphia. And uh, so it's, it's kind of all, all relevant. Um, you know, and it was interesting. I was having a conversation with, um, with one of my co-founders, Emily, and, um, and she said, you know, I feel funny because one of the things that Philly Women Rally was involved in this week uh, was a protest at the Burke's uh, Detention Center. And I've mentioned this detention center before. This is one of the places where uh, immigrant fam refugee families are being held um, to uh, when they come here before, you know, before they can be processed. And there has been uh, a group of people and of organizations who have been fighting for a long time to get the Berks County Detention Center shut down. And it is within the power of Governor Wolf to do that, uh, but he hasn't done it yet. And um, uh, so there was, there was a protest this weekend there to try and put pressure on Governor Wolf to take some action. And, um, and Philly Women Rally was there to support the organizations that, um, that have been working on this for a long time, organizations like Shut Down Burks and, um, and, and organizations like that. There's a coalition, Shut, the Shut Down Burks Coalition. And, um, and Emily said, you know, I feel funny about uh, posting about this, um, this recognition that we've received from Governor Wolf while at the same time we're protesting something that, that that he's not doing that we want him to do. And I said, actually, I really like the juxtaposition of that, right? Because no elected official is perfect, and we're never going to agree with them 100% of the time. And we can appreciate the good things that he does for the state of Pennsylvania while still continuing to hold him to a higher standard. And I think that there are a few areas where Governor Wolf could do better. And I think it's our responsibility as citizens to tell our elected officials, officials, whether we're on the same side of the aisle as them or not, when we think they need to make improvements. So I said, I think that it's actually a very good reflection of democracy and of America, that on the one hand, we appreciate his support and recognition of the need for increased women's equality, and on the other hand, say to him, you know, something you're not doing, that really is a women's rights issue because, because these are families that are being detained and, and families are, are a women's rights issue. On the other hand, you're not doing everything you can, so do better. And so I, um, I actually, I really liked that that juxtaposition. Um, so at the end of the day, we had we had a series of posts, some uh, in favor of what Governor Wolf was doing and some opposed to what he's doing. And I think that that's fair. I think that our elected officials, uh, you know, uh, should be held to the same standard we hold everybody to. Um, they, they need to uh, fight for all of the people that they represent, not just uh, the people who agree with them. And um, yeah, so I felt I felt a lot of good democracy this week. <laughs> um, so uh, let's see. Uh, the other thing that I another thing that I spent a lot of time thinking about this week um, is how emotional uh, this journey has been for me. I I do not generally wear my emotions on my sleeve. I am pretty good at putting on uh, a happy face and, um, and uh, you know, just, just presenting this positive outlook to the world. 
and keeping my emotions to myself. Not that I don't have emotions about things, of course I do, but but uh, but not putting them on display for the whole world to see. You know, I like to project this professional image, and um, you know, and and in my in my job as a as a technology professional, you know, I'm often dealing with people at all levels of the organization. Um, and it's important that you maintain your composure. And so I'm used to doing that. Even though you might be frustrated with how things are going, it's important to um, you know, focus on facts and look at data and, and, not, and not make decisions based on emotion because um, that's not always, <laughs> not always the right decision, right? So you wanna base, uh, in my day job, I, I need to base my decisions on facts. So I'm used to doing that. But running for office is an, an entirely different animal and it is uh, it is i think probably impossible for me to separate the me of running from the act of running uh, the fact that uh, that i'm running it is me I, I there's i'm putting myself on the line i'm i'm the one who's out there i'm the one who's saying believe in my vision support me financially, support me by volunteering, vote for me. I'm asking people to believe in me as a person and as a human being and not just as a candidate. But I mean, as a candidate, it is me. That's what I'm asking people to, to believe in. And that is uh, so, oh, crazy. I don't, not crazy, but it's, 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 it's different and it's hard. And, um, uh, you know, I don't have a history as a politician, so there is no data for people to rely on. They have to rely on their gut feeling about what they think about me and what I say to them. Um, but there's no evidence uh, to to say, well, this is her voting record or, or you know, this is how she ha- has addressed these things in the past. Um, there's some history, right? Obviously, we know that I am uh, an involved uh, community organizer. I do a lot of volunteer work with a lot of organizations. So uh, from that perspective, there is data, so to speak. But but the truth is, I don't, I don't have a, a voting record. I don't have a history um, in politics that people can look at and point to and say, well, this is what she's going to do in a given situation. Uh, my treasurer Rupali actually argues that that's a good thing, right? I don't have um, I don't have a history that people can point to and say, well, look, she's changed her mind, or look, she's done this, or look, she's done that. So, um, I I guess uh, I don't know. It, it's a very mixed thing. Um, but I, I was having a conversation with with one of the members of my kitchen cabinet, is my my friend named Dan. And Dan and I met not that long ago, um, actually in um, D.C. at a national candidate training that was run by um, PCCC, the Progressive Change Campaign Committee. And um, we met there, and for whatever reason, we connected. We just, we had a great connection. I think that both of us have a lot of the same attitudes about the state of the world and how we should fix it. Um, he's actually an elected delegate to the California Democratic Party. He lives in L.A. And, um, and so I was having this conversation with him about, um, uh, honestly, I, I, have been, I have been leaning on him a lot because, um, as I mentioned last week, a, a lot of the people in my life 
have no frame of reference for what it is that I'm doing here. And I really have no frame of reference for what I'm doing here. And so to, to have these conversations with them isn't that helpful because they don't have any context to help me or to give me advice. But Dan at least has some context and, uh, and can, can give me uh, some of that feedback and some of that advice that I need. But I think because of that, I've been leaning a lot on him. And I've been asking him to kind of be both my friend and help me with campaign stuff and this and this and this. And uh, so I, I've been asking a lot of him and I know it. And I, I think, you know, and look, Dan has other things to do in his life besides just uh, help me. So, um, so I, I, I knew that and, and he kind of said it to me. Uh, and so we had a great conversation the other day where we really talked about what, um, what I've been going through and, and how I, how he can help me best. Because at the end of the day, he wants to help me, right? He's excited about my campaign. He's excited about what I'm trying to do. And he wants to support me without, you know, going crazy himself, which is also, I don't want him to go crazy either. So, so we had this conversation and one of the things he said is, you know, it's hard for me to know when you need me to be your friend and when you need me to help be on your campaign. And I said, you know, that's a good question, but to me it's all the same because the campaign is me. And he helped me really realize that and helped me understand why this has been so emotional for me. Um, and my emotions really have been very, very raw and very, um, yeah, very raw. And uh, there are these incredible highs and these incredible lows all, you know, within moments of each other, it seems. So he really helped me understand um, that that, that that's why that is that that I have th that the campaign is me and and I'm really just putting it all out there on the line and I'll tell you doing this podcast I'm really putting all of it out there um, and I start you know I've started to really think about that whole head versus heart and tactical versus emotional um, aspects of the campaign so I'm sure there's going to be more on that in the future. But suffice it to say for now that I have been uh, introspective yet again this week. And, um, and it's about, you know, my emotions and my, my personal, I don't know, I guess it's growth. But, um, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, the, so the last thing I think I want to bring up this week, and I do feel like I'm talking longer and longer each week. That was not my intention. I really wanted to stick to around 15, 20 minutes each week. But uh, I guess I have a lot to say. Um, anyway, um, so the last uh, thing that happened this week was, uh, and this is not specifically related to the campaign, although it gets there. Uh, so I have been taking piano lessons since um, the end of November. So a little, a little bit over six months. And um, I had never, I never took piano in the past. Uh, I played the flute for like six months in, in elementary school or middle school or something. Um, and you know, I never, never pursued it very much. I did sing in chorus in high school. So I have some musical theory background and some music background, 
But I never uh, have been terribly musical. I never played piano, but I decided sort of on a whim that I wanted to take piano lessons. And it turns out that um, I have uh, I have friends. Uh, I know them from the brain tumor community, but um, but one of them, uh, Avi Wisnia, is uh, he te- he's a musician, but he also teaches piano lessons. So I. Um, so I called him up and I said, Avi, you want to teach me how to play piano? And, uh, and he agreed. So I've been doing that for about six months now. And, uh, you know, my parents, being the cheerleaders that they are, I wanted to do a recital for them. And they happened to be in town this weekend. They were attending a wedding um, nearby in Phoenixville. And so we planned this little recital, and uh, we did it uh, in my building. We have a, you know, like a solarium that, that the residents of the building can can borrow and can rent out. And so we did that. And, um, and I played my little recital. It was all of like 15 minutes. But uh, so my parents were there and Rob's parents were there. And then Avi and his parents were there because like I said, I'm, I'm friends with their family too. And uh, so not only was it my first recital, but it was actually Avi's first recital as a teacher. And uh, so it was a big milestone for both of us. And it was lots of fun. It went, uh, it went quite well. I was very pleased. Um, but, but that is not uh, what I wanted to talk about. Um, so we're at the recital. I finished the recital. And then, of course, afterwards, we're all just chatting. And, um, uh, and we were eating cake because my mom's birthday was yesterday. So, um, so I, I got a cake for her. And we sang happy birthday. And uh, so we're eating the cake. And, of course, um, you know, these are uh, probably the six, the six adults who were there. I mean, we were all adults. I'm an adult. But um, the six, uh, the six uh, uh, parental pe- people who were there, you know, they are the, per- the parent-like people in my life. It's my, my parents are, are my actual parents. And then, you know, Rob's parents uh, are, are basically my in-laws, and, uh, the, and they are always very supportive and loving of me. And then uh, Avi's parents uh, uh, are also, they, since I've met them, they have been so kind and so supportive of me. And, um, you know, having them, having them all six together and uh, in the same room was really like this, this, um, I don't know, ego boost that I needed. And, uh, you know, it, it, along with what I was just talking about with the head versus heart and the emotion of it all, I am not normally somebody who needs external validation that what I'm doing is good or right. But with this process, I have been finding that I need it far more than I'm used to. And that makes me uncomfortable too. I don't like asking people for praise and I don't like... Um, and honestly, when they give it to me, I, it's a little bit embarrassing, right? I don't, I don't, um, I don't want to be that needy person, right? But I am loving every moment of it when people are telling me good things. And, and I have needed it um, the last several months as I've been running for office. And I guess I just need to, I don't know, get used to it or something um, because Again, I am putting myself out there and becoming so, I'm, it makes me very vulnerable and I'm not used to being vulnerable. And so, but I think it's the right thing to do. I think that when you're asking people to believe in you and to vote for you and support you, then you have to show them the real you. And so you have to be vulnerable. And 
So if that means that I need to ask my nearest uh, and dearest friends and family to boost me up a little more, then so be it. I think that's probably a small price to pay for what I'm trying to do here. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, but anyway, so we're all sitting around talking and, um, and Rabbi Wisnia says, uh, so, so tell me, what is your platform? What are you running on? And so I really, I felt like I articulated it well for the first time and it was succinct and, uh, and, and it was focused and I think it made sense. Um, and so I, I'm going to try and replicate that for you here. I, I didn't write it down or anything, but, um, but what I told him was, um, what I told him was that, um, you know, I, I'm very fortunate. I have had opportunities, um, in, in my life that a lot of people, other, other people don't get. I live in a beautiful neighborhood in, uh, on Washington Square. I have a national park as my front yard. I have access to plenty of services provided by the city and the state. Um, and I, I have access to things that make my life better. But that's not true for all Philadelphians. And I think that um, as a society, we owe it to ourselves and to our citizens to make sure that all the people in the city, all the residents of Philadelphia, have access to the same good services that I've had access to. They deserve basic dignities like clean air and clean water. They deserve roads that aren't full of potholes. They deserve schools that aren't falling apart. They deserve public transportation that runs on time and can get them to their jobs so that, so that they can make a, a decent living. And so that, those are the things that I want to fight for. I want to make sure that the infrastructure of our city works for all Philadelphians, not just those Philadelphians who live in certain neighborhoods. Um, we need to be able to, to make sure that all of our neighborhoods can provide those basic essential quality of life for Philadelphians. So, um, well, there you go. That's, that's the platform that I'm starting to define and I'm starting to build. Uh, I'd love to hear what you think about it, because again, uh, it's really important to me that my platform reflect the will of the people of Philadelphia. So if you have some thoughts on that, uh, good, bad, or ugly, I would really love to hear them. Please send me an, an email or um, leave a comment on the podcast and let me know, because I would like to know uh, what you think. Um, okay, so that brings me to my three things that have brought me joy this week. And so the first is, uh, this is a very exciting milestone. Uh, so I mentioned I put my Facebook page out there. And, um, and I, you know, I've started some fun fundraising asks, but not, not really. Um, you know, the, some people that are very close to me, I've asked them to donate and, and they have. But I put the Facebook page out there and, um, and people started to, to donate. And the, the size of the donation varied. And I, honestly, I'm excited uh, whenever any donation comes in. But I hit a very exciting milestone. I have now raised over $500. And so I think that's a great start to my campaign. Now, that's a very small part of the $300,000 that I think I'm going to have to uh, uh, raise. But I was really excited that with very little effort, uh, basically putting a post on Facebook, I was able to raise uh, over $500. I think that's a great first milestone. So a uh, long way to go, but a very exciting first milestone, and that really brought me a lot of joy. 
Um, the second thing is that, um, so I had dinner this week with um, a former boss of mine, and she's from the UK, but, um, but she's always, again, been a big supporter of the things I do. And, you know, after the first Women's March, I brought her a Women's March on Philadelphia button, and she still has it hanging up on her wall in her office. And so we had dinner just to catch up, and, um, and I told her that I was running for office, and of course she was so excited for me. And she said, and she, so she's, she's from the UK, she's not here, she's here maybe once a month. And I mentioned that, I, you know, in February I would have to go knocking on doors to collect signatures on petitions, and she said, I'm gonna make sure that I'm here during that three week period, because I wanna come help you knock on doors and collect signatures. And that made me feel so good that she wanted to arrange her international travel around me um, running for office. And, uh, and she, she believes in me so much that she wants to knock doors on for me. And, you know, not being from the United States, there's not a lot of things she can do to support my campaign, but that is something she can do. And so uh, it was really, um, that was so heartwarming for me, and it brought me a lot of joy. And then the last thing that brought me joy this week was the proclamation from Governor Wolf. Um, it was just so lovely and so unexpected to receive that in the mail and then read it and share it with my fellow organizers. Um, and it really made us all so grateful for having met each other and known each other and, and have, have worked together. So, um, yeah, so those were the things that brought me joy this week. And I think that's it. I uh, hope everybody has a great week, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to See Beth Run. Special thanks to local singer-songwriter Avi Wisnia, who graciously provides the music for this podcast. I'm Beth Finn, first-time candidate for Philadelphia City Council at Large. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and anywhere you get your podcasts. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to leave a review and check me out online at www.beth4phl.com and on social media at Beth4PHL. That's Beth number four, PHL. See you next time.